You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Okay, good morning everyone. We are in Bologna. Today we are very, very fortunate to do a podcast with Trey Das, who is Shiro Prabhupada's disciple and who has been in India for a long time. He's originally from San Francisco and a great inspiration for the Italian Yatra. He's preaching, he speaks Italian fluently and many other languages as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. so welcome to our podcast for Radio Mayapur, who is a link to your heart and thank you to all the listeners. So we're going to pick up something from Traders Prabhu. So Prabhuji, please tell us what you're doing in Italy right now for last so many, how many years you have been in Italy? Been in Italy since 1980. <clears throat> I think I'm tired of American situation. American, I had friends in Europe. Right. Keisha Bardimage was in yeah. France and he invited me over to Europe. Wonderful. And from France, I arrived in France. I took a plane and arrived in France. And I escaped from America. <laughs> and uh, they asked me, why don't you go help in Italy? Wonderful. So I said, here's some books, go out and distribute them, collect your fare, and take the train to Italy. So I did. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. In 1980, I believe there was a big yatra in Italy. Yatra, yes. We had many hundreds or thousands of devotees distributing books hundreds. and doing our inam and yeah. doing preaching. Very, very active, very enthusiastic. It was very successful. Yeah. So then you've been in from 1980, yeah. is more than 20 years. ฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเยอร์สฟอร์ทเ
decided that we should establish Sankirtan houses in different strategic cities all around the country, which later became temples. Right. So we started the Sankirtan houses in, near Milan, we started the Sankirtan house in Torino, in Padova, Naples. Um, different places. Different places. Right. And uh, some of them be eventually became temples. Nice. They started nice. having Sunday feasts. Nice. Sankatan devotees were going out from there every day. Uh, how many Bhagodam, for example, out of all set, how many were translated? When I first came, there were not so many translated. But then Madhusevita Prabhu, he, he and his wife, Ali Krishna, they did a very concentrated effort to get all the books translated and got them all printed. And so after no. a couple of years, we had the whole set, Srimad Bhagavatam, and it was uh, called Grand Classics of India. It was very yes, beautiful. nice, beautiful covers. Devotees were specializing in distribute, trying to distribute the whole sets of books. Plus I saw so many in the book, like uh, uh, this coming back and... Yeah, there's many. Know, we have many, many of the, of the medium and small books. We have many of those books tra translated and published. And then, of course, Bhagavad Gita, Active Devotion. Chaitanya Charitamrita as well. Chaitanya Charitamrita is being reprinted. It's already, it's, oh, it's okay. was printed and they finished and now they're reprinting in the next few months it'll be reprinted. So book-wise, we have a lot of books and we have... Yeah, we have all the books. Nice. All the books are translated into, into Italian. How do you feel like the preaching by distributing books? How many people come back and say to the temple, let's say, I'm interested in this philosophy or I want to know more? It's hard to say. It's, it's, it's mystical because you don't know how they're, they end up coming, but people yes. come. If you have a place, then the people start coming. And if you take care of them and are friendly and non-judgmental and, and non-sectarian, then people, they become interested, become attracted. The thing is, actually, preaching is very good right now because the world is in such a chaotic condition. Yeah. People are looking Especially for, after the COVID, yeah. The COVID, war. I mean, Europe, yeah, America is far away from war, but Europe, it's just. Yes, yeah, a few hundred kilometers. A few hundred kilometers from here. There's a bomb flying. So, <clears throat> people are, you know, Italy is in one sense, it's very good, but in another sense, it's difficult because life is so nice. <laughs> That's true. La dolce vita. La dolce vita, yeah. <laughs> the sweet life. Sweet you know? life. And everything is nice and everything is nice. beautiful. Nice a lot of art, yeah. a lot of culture, a lot of good food. A lot of sense gratification. A lot of sense gratification, <laughs> beautiful beach. Where nice you can beaches. go and swim, highland, this, that. And, okay, yes. <laughs> so some, so that's the contrast. But at the same time, they're religious. You know, they have the yeah. background, the history of religious background. Right. Pious people. Pious people, so they can also be favorable. Absolutely, it's not difficult for them to understand God as a person. No. God is the supreme personality. That uh, actually, it's funny. In all the church you go, we always find a murti, or we can say a statue yeah. of Mother Mary, or some yeah. priest, or some. Yeah, they say we're not supposed to worship, but they yeah, all have but, their and, and they all like to offer lamps and candles and flowers. <laughs> It's, it's a natural, natural instinctive uh, you know, reaction to uh, want to love somebody. Devotion. Devotion, yes. Okay, Traders Prabhu, just tell us also, uh, how did you uh, first come in contact in San Francisco? You were born 
And how in, in 19, uh, I don't know which year you joined, 1970. Yes. Yeah, yes. So how did you come in contact with the Buddhists? Because each one has its own story, and you know, <laughs> somebody pick up from the trash one, one BTG or. I was thinking different times I came in contact with the Bodhis. First time I think I saw the Bodhis. The first temple that Prabhupada opened in San Francisco was on Frederick Street in the Haight-Ashbury, where all the hippies were right. in the Ashbury district. And right behind it, there was a park called Golden Gate Park. Oh. And as a child, we would go and play, play in the park. Play yeah. in this park. It wasn't too close to where I lived, but sometime. One day I was with a friend of mine. We were walking. Maybe I was 15 years old, 16 years old, 16 maybe. We walk in the park and, and we look down. We went up on Hippie Hill. There's a famous, if you read the biography of Bollywood, there was a hill, there's a big meadow and a hill called Hippie Hill. Right. That's where all the hippies gather. And we looked down and there was people, they were chanting Hare Krishna. And uh, I was like, wow, I was, I was attracted. My, I was attracted and my friend, he threw a rock at them. <laughs> so he, he took it from a different, different path, road. A different road, and it became very successful materially. But uh, you went and see them chanting. I didn't, but I had no idea what it was. Yeah, of course, what was going on. Oh, it's going but on. I was thinking different moments. I came in contact. With, oh, yeah. This was the first time you saw them. First time I saw them. They weren't dressed in dirt or anything, clothes. but they were all grouped ch chanting Hare Krishna. Oh, okay. I don't know what it was. And then I remember I was on on uh, what's it called Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, which is a city right across the bay where the University is of California. And there was a chanting party coming down, and one Vidyananda Maharaj was there. There's a new Bhakta, wow. <laughs> 1969. And he had a cart, he had a cart like this with BTG, Bhakta Godhead, and some books on it. And you couldn't get it up onto the sidewalk. Right. So this was the first devotional service. I helped him pick you up the cart. And, and I, was, I was really attracted. I wanted to stay and chant. I was with one girl, and she was like, ew. <laughs> Let's go away. <laughs> she wanted to go away. <laughs> but I was like, wow. And then? Uh, then at the school where I went, the school I was, my parents got divorced when I was about 14. And he was, my father was a lawyer, was a nice, you know, wealthy, wealthy family. And uh, I got divorced and then they sent me to boarding school. They sent me to, uh, but it was a, it was a progressive, Knew there's boys. I had been in all boys schools my whole life, and all of a sudden I was in this boarding school. There was girls there. It's kind of shocking. And was it uh, like going to the army experience or something. No, it was actually a really nice place. Was that was it, for me. It was that's where I discovered Krishna consciousness. Oh, nice. I, or I began my spiritual <coughs> search because they they gave you time to study, and you, I found Prabhupada's First Bhagavad Gita was the small abridged purple cover. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's the original purple yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I found it in the library in the, t wow. in, the, in, the in the school because they they tried to keep a broad library. Right. But I I couldn't understand much of it because <laughs> <laughs> I was reading Buddhist books, books on oh, okay. Buddhism. And then um, oh, and then. Um, I was mentioning yesterday, the music teacher one day called in. These are all different kinds. Yeah, yeah, I came yeah all different points. Called all the students into the main hall where we were dining hall, 
and uh, sat down at the piano and started chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> With nobody, knew, nobody knew what, what, what was it. <laughs> I was really attracted to some of the other students, but I was, I was like really interested. Because what had happened was I had, had a philosophy course. There was a philosophy oh. course uh, with one professor. And he started talking about existentialism and all this Western philosophy. Yeah. It was the first time I'd heard anything of philosophy, you know, nothing wow. instead of just science and mathematics. And I was really attracted. And the nice thing about the school was the professors lived on the campus, and you could go to their house on Sunday and knock on their door and say, "I want to speak ask to you some more questions." <laughs> nice. about. And uh, it's called the Athenian School. They tried to model it after the Greek uh, teaching. Right. That sometimes you'd sit outside in the, in yeah, the field. Yeah, with a whole group of people. The group. And I came in and I was ready to ask him some philosophical questions. And he was, he was sitting there watching a football game with a beer <laughs> with his blonde wife. And he said, I just, that's just my job. I teach that stuff for my job, but I'm just a hedonist. By, by, Leave me alone. <laughs> and I was like, uh. it was my first big delusion. <laughs> So I, I went off and I, I went up into the, because the nice part about the school, you could just walk up into the hills. It was out in the middle of the country and you could just walk under the forest and the hills by yourself. Yeah. And I said, well, I got to figure this out on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to learn anything from these people. So I got to figure it out on my own. So I started studying and reading. And but then eventually you meet some devotees. And then, and then no, then <clears throat> I finished school. I, I went to art academy for about three months mm -hmm. study art and uh, and I decided everyone was just partying and nobody was <laughs> there was not really learning anything too much and so I, I left I took out my backpack and I went I had a friend who gave me the address down in New Mexico oh so I went to New Mexico and it's way out in the middle of the desert and um, I was there for a while but and then everybody, there was a few other young people there, but they couldn't take it. They all left because there was nothing there. Nothing. <laughs> middle the of the desert. Middle of the desert. But I stayed alone there. And one day I just thought, it's, it's either Zen meditation. I wanted a spiritual experience. I wanted to feel something. Feel yeah. some spiritual Connect you with somebody. I didn't know about God. I didn't really know where I was yeah, looking. But I knew there was a spiritual reality, a spiritual experience. I said, I'm going to try three things that I know about. Zen meditation, koans, sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, so hum, yoga I meditation, am. I am. I, I, didn't, am. I didn't feel, I tried both and I didn't feel anything. I was like, <laughs> just so confused. And I remembered the mantra. I remember the Hare Krishna ah, mantra. mantra. I started chanting Hare Krishna. Intense. I still remember that day because I chant. It was probably the best <coughs> chanting I ever did. Mm. I was because I really wanted to find the truth. And when I started chanting Hare Krishna, I just felt an ecstasy. I just couldn't. I said, "Wow, this is it." <laughs> because the tapping is actually came from your heart. It was yeah. not on the mental. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know anything about it. Not at all. It was just experience from. Yeah. Inside. Yeah, it was, it was actually amazing. I still that inspires me when I when yeah, I yeah, become yeah. a little bewildered. I just think back on that moment when I absolutely when I chanted and and how much I I, I said, wow, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. know about the Hare Krishna movement. No, I didn't no, know yeah, devotees and and I just immediately packed up my backpack 
And I was already vegetarian. I became vegetarian when I was 16 or so because of Buddhism. I woke right. up one morning and I said, I can't eat meat anymore. Of course. And uh, I packed up my pack and I just headed back to San Francisco. I got I hitchhiked. I, I got a ride somehow or other. I got a ride all, practically all the way to San Francisco from New Mexico. And uh, this friend of mine, he left me another letter. He said, there's some other communities in Hawaii. Oh. It only cost about $100 to fly to Hawaii from San Francisco okay. in those days. And so I had a list of four different places. I got off the plane, hitchhiked. And, and the next thing I knew, I was in a community, an ashram. It was Siddhasvarup. I don't know if you ever heard yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole story. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. It's still there, right? Yeah, as far as I know, he's back there. And uh, I found myself there, and they were chanting Hare Krishna. They were following more or less some spiritual Crazy program. Old. They had pictures of Krishna. And there was, I found a Back to Godhead magazine on that story. I said, yeah, this is it. This is. But they were kind of against this gun. They were kind of like, had their own thing. And, and even at that time? Huh? Even, those days. Oh, <laughs> even back in those days, there was people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have, you know, he's going to have too many rules and regulations, yeah, and you just have yes. to be spontaneous and love Krishna. Right, and like right. That. that was their thing. But I, but I was reading about the God, and I could see that there's something, there's something wrong. Yeah. And then, and he he wasn't staying there; he was staying on the other eye on another island with his another ashram he had. So I went there, and he was there, being massaged by ladies all around him. And I, I knew enough from my Buddhism, and I said, "This is this is not right. This is not, this is, this is not correct. This is off. Something wrong." <laughs> so I went back to San Francisco, and then shortly thereafterwards, I, no, we had the temple in San Francisco. Temple was in San Francisco, oh, Frederick yeah, yeah, Street, yeah, yeah, that yeah, little yeah. storefront. But they told me Prabhupada is down in L.A. Oh. So I again I hitchhiked to L.A. To L.A. <laughs> and you met Prabhupada. Well, I'll tell you because it's interesting. Uh, story. Well, nice. first I got I got halfway there. I was along the coast yes. and the road fell out. There was wow. no more road. So all the cars were stopped. So myself, another fellow, we climbed all right, the way up the mountain, and we crawled up the road. Mountain. There was there. a landslide. It's a landslide. Which broke yeah. all the road. Yeah. Yeah, it the number Highway 1, where it's right along the coast. On the coast, yeah. And I went to the temple, that old temple, La Cienega, in, in Los Angeles, before the temple they have now. They had just bought the new temple, but they were still in La Siena. And uh, Papa was coming. He came there. But it was, it was funny because I hadn't taken up devotional service yet. And I, I, I couldn't really see Papa. I, couldn't, I didn't have a, a big impression or a vision or anything. He was there. I know he was there, but I didn't really see him or feel anything. <coughs> And I went, but I knew that this was the right philosophy. This was the way of life I was looking for. So I went back to San Francisco. I moved in the temple. I went home to my father's house with his new wife and family. I found that I, I one day I asked, I said, I once saw the hair clippers. In the, ah. I had long hair. My right. father for, for years had been trying to get me to cut my cut hair. Cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> My father and his wife, they were in Europe, they were traveling in Europe right. on vacation. And they were just, uh, her children were there. Right. And I took, and I said, could you help me? I got a shave on <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't, so I did it myself. I made a Sikh. 
Nice. And I asked the next day a friend of mine, right? the same friend who 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 gave me the addresses of oh, these yeah, yeah, different yeah, places. Yeah. He was kind of like my hippie guru. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Could you give me a ride to the temple?" No, Hare Krishna, I'm going to move in the temple. And the whole way he tried to convince me not to. But they're strange. They make so much noise. We discard all And he's and he said that. And then I looked after in his license plate. It was you can some in a California you can order yeah, your own. Yeah, you can make your own line. Maya. Maya. What was his name? Rick Eric Perlman. Was oh. His name. He's a Jewish. He, he's fellow. still there. Yeah, he, he climbs. He climbs mountains oh, and yeah. writes books. He wrote a book about. This Japanese guy that climbed up Mount Everest oh. and skied, skied down Mount Everest. He wrote wow. books about things like that. Wow. And, uh, but he never became a regression. He never became a no, tourist. He kept trying to convince me not to become not a regression. <laughs> but he gave me a ride to the temple. But that was good. Yeah. Then I moved into the temple. and uh, Was Mukunda Maharaj there at the time? No, they had all left. Already went to England. 68, 69, they left. They went to England. But Madhavisa was the president. Uh, Madhavisa from Australia. Yeah. yeah. He was the president. Jayananda was there. Jayananda greeted me. Jayananda took me to He's from my house. England. He's from England, right? No, Jayananda. No, Jayananda, the, the one who built the, the, the chair. Okay. The Jayananda. Right, right, right. And uh, Makanlal, who became Makanlal. Maharaj, he left his body. You know? Yeah. Also, they're all three left their bodies. Dinanath was there, the one Kirtan leader. Gaur Hari, who also left his body. Was a cook. And so how was your feeling when you meet this devotee and you move in a temple? I said that I went, it, it was not easy. People, Guru Kripa joined the same day. <laughs> Guru Kripa moved in on Sunday. I moved in. I was there at the feast, but I went home and shaved my head and I moved in on Monday. Thanks. And so we were the two new bhaktas, Bhakta Greg and Bhakta Terry. <laughs> we were the two new bhaktas. Was not Thank easy. Why was not easy? Tell us some It story. was austere. You know? my, oh, okay. my house where my father lived, it was, Beautiful a, it, was, house. it was a three-story house on the overlooking San Francisco Bay, you know, with rich, wealthy yeah. position. And then, and then this is a little storefront. And it, they didn't have, have beds or ashram. Yeah, sleep on the floor. There was, no, there was a basement. There was a basement. A basement. Underneath there was the store and then the basement, no windows. There was just a hole going up into the street for air. And you had to put your sleeping bag and sleep all. Where about the bathrooms? One there bathroom. was one bathroom, one shower, only cold water, no hot water. <laughs> it was, and then we would go out and chant all day. We'd go out in the right. morning, and you'd chant all day long. And it was right, right on the main corner of San Francisco, Market and Market in Powell Street in San Francisco. Uh -huh. Four or five blocks from where my, my father worked in his law office. <laughs> he probably came by and saw me. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, God, did my son <laughs> become Hare Krishna? <laughs> And we looked really strange. I mean, of course. we were really sh kind of, of shocking in those of days because <laughs> it was new. But, but then, I was uh, determined to, to, stay, to stay and, then, yeah. and uh, against all odds. Then uh, after were the other inmates friendly to you? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, it was no, friendly. Dean and Arthur was kind of taking care of us. Dinanath. Yeah, it was funny because they would say, "We just should chant Hare Krishna. We just chant all day, chant Hare Krishna." And I said there were these books, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the first canto, Prophet's yes. first books. He said, you can't understand. I mean, this, you don't, don't bother trying to read, you know, <laughs> read any books. Just to call and chant. Everything, everything, will, everything will come just by chanting. <laughs> so we did that. We just chanted. That's good. That's good. 
chanted the whole day. What about the prasadam? Prasadam was was okay, okay, but austere. I mean, the big thing was the Sunday feast. Yeah. If you didn't have the Sunday feast, it would have you been cannot survive the other week. <laughs> the rest of the week. But Sunday every day was, was quite what was, who was the cook and what you really well, had. Who was the cook? It was rice dal, japanis, oh, and okay. sabji. But then at a certain point, something came out in Bhagavad Gita where Prabhupada said that fruit and vegetables are extra. All you really need is grains. And so somebody got in their head that we should just have dal and japanis. That's all we needed. So for a few, about six months, it was just. Oh, and that's all. <laughs> Nothing else. That's why you're so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dal and Japanis for six months. That's why the Sunday feast was like that. They made really elaborate Sunday feasts. Of course, feast. yeah. Nice Sunday feast. Simply wonderful. Rasgulla. No, no. Bharats, Golub Jamans. I don't remember. Samosas and Bharats were like fixed. Nice. In Maravis and Gauri, they would eat half of them. <laughs> they would take half the barats and half the samosas and go down in the basement and eat, eat, eat them eat all. all. <laughs> and the rest was for everybody else. But then when, you did, when did you take initiation and you actually came in contact, you spoke to Srila Prabhupada? When was that? Uh, um, after three months that I was there, they were going to have the Rathiatra in San Francisco. Jay Nanda was building the first yeah. time they had three cards. They right. built three cards that year, 1970. And so Prabhupada came up after three months. I was and we were going on Harinam every day, every day. So Prabhupada arrived from from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And this time, because I, what I realized was because I did devotional service and you I were, chanted, yeah. then purified. Prabhupada revealed himself. You know, he Small. was revealed. And so what your, was your impression? When I just, first you saw Prabhupada. I'm out second time, whatever. The second, but the first real time. Yeah, first the time real time. Really, time. So really what your, was your just, impression? How much love he was giving how much uh, that how he was my savior and, and my all in all and how he was how much love he was giving and, and how how he was he just didn't look like he was walking on the ground I mean he just we all had this sensation that he was just <laughs> floating floating <laughs> it's like everybody we all were at the airport crying because Baba was very small very so small stature wise yeah physically he was, yeah, he was short small, short but Big personality, a very powerful right. personality, and, and you you end up attractive. speaking with him also. One time, one time, yeah. What I, what what was your interaction with him? I don't think I can tell you. Oh come on! <laughs> well, it was very personal. Yeah, very personal. All right, but it was nice. It's an instruction that's remain stayed. In your... Remain. I'll tell you after that. Okay. After that. Wonderful. <laughs> but that was that was a couple of years later, but okay. and that. Time when Prabhupada came for Ratyatra. It was a special Ratyatra because at one point the Black Panthers, a bunch of black guys, came to, right. a, because to, attack, was, you. to attack the devotees. Wow. And there was one devotee there named Keshava, who's Keshava. also yeah, yeah, recently yeah. lifted. He was a biker before. Yeah. He was a motorcycle, he was hell's, a big, angel, yeah, hell's angel, big guy. He, liked, he loved to fight. fight. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so he, he said, Charge, come on, everybody come, and we're going to defend the devotees. No one. He got there in front of all these black guys. And hey, he was alone. He was all alone. <laughs> and he just took them all out. He just really? Pum, pew, 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 pew. Knock them all out. Amazing. <laughs> he was big. Yeah. He was a big guy. He yeah. was fearless. He was, yeah. he was very strong. But why the Panther wanted to attack us? Because there was one black devotee, yeah. and they were saying, You shouldn't be here, and you're taking mm -hmm. black people. I don't know why. I didn't even ever understood exactly why. 
It's a famous Ratiato. There's pictures of Prabhupada. He had yeah. a very long dhoti that dragged on the ground, yeah. and he was dancing, dancing, dancing in the circle of devotees. And probably nice. there's there's films of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a he has a shirt. It's yeah. it's a cowboy shirt. <laughs> some Mataji made yeah, it for yeah, him yeah, yeah. with these pearl buttons. Yeah. And uh, Prabhupada was very unconventional person. He was not stereotype Indian. No. <laughs> He would accept things. He would say things. He would, he, he would sometimes people would think, okay, Prabhupada would say this, but now when they ask, mm. completely. You know, what he said? I think it was there. I think it was there when he said, was it there? He think it was there when he said, everyone, Krishna is the taste of water. Yes. He's, he's also the taste of wine. Yeah. So even if you drink your wine, if you're drunkard, if you're drinking wine, think uh, Krishna is the taste of, of the wine. So you can become the body. Then you become the Yeah, amazing what to say. <laughs> Because he was there in front of all these hippies, and yeah. uh, crazy people lost, people and, lost um, in time and space. And then he came, oh yeah, let me tell that one, because when we got to the, it was a long route, a very long trip, it was the whole length of Golden Gate Park, which is a few miles. With three chariots. Three chariots. Prabhupada was sitting on a chariot? Sitting on Subhadra's chariot. Down. No, he was sitting on the whole time, <coughs> it was a long, a long way. Yeah. I think it was, they tried not to have him go on the trip, because they said, these black guys are dangerous. Don't worry. <laughs> Prabhupada was fearless. Krishna took care of them. Right? Yeah. And um, so we got to the festival. There was a big auditorium called the. Uh, it was uh, Family Dog at the Beach. It was called. It was okay. at the beach. We ended up at the at the at the beach. It's cold. In San Francisco is always foggy and cold. Yeah. Windy. But there was thousands of young people distributing prasadam, and then then. Uh, what happened was that all, the whole hall was full. It was a big auditorium, and it was all full of young people. And Prabhupada got up on the stage, and all of a sudden, Brahmananda Prabhu ran, Maharaja ran, runs in, and he had just come from Japan. Wow. He tells the story how he, he, he was pushing the publishing company, Dynapan, that I need a sample copy. I need you got to get it ready to go back, bring to Prabhupada in America. I said, no, not possible, not possible. So he was getting on the plane in, in Tokyo, and they drove right up to the, to the, the plane, plane, and they gave him a the box copy. of the first copies wow. of Krishna books. They really wanted him as customer, I guess. Beautiful. And so he came at that festival, and I was there, and I saw it, and he gave to Prabhupada. Gave to Prabhupada. This is the box of Krishna books, and showed him the Krishna book, and Prabhupada looked at it. Then he held it up and said, who wants it? <laughs> <laughs> and the devotees all ran up, you know, $10 Prabhupada. And usually you sold it for eight dollars. Probably sold it for ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> Everybody came up with ten dollars, which in those days was not a yeah, small it was quite amount. a bit. Yeah. And and uh, sold the whole box immediately, and then then you had one copy of that. That's Prophet's copy. <laughs> Prophet said no, no. And he sold that. No <laughs> left. Amazing. So the devotees were all in ecstasy. Yes, and then. Um, what else? So after the Ratiyatra, then you had a festival also for a few days or no? Just no, it was just a big, you know, <coughs> at that auditorium at the end of that, that was the end of that was it. Okay. And Prasadam. But I was thinking of the other Ratiyatra that I went with Prabhupada, which is 1974. It's famous. Tell us the story. Yes. That's, that's um, a Ratiyatra that uh, there's a lot of films of it. Prabhupada's up on the stage, has a white mm -hmm. sweater, big garland of gardenias. And, in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. That was after how many years? 
1974. So four years later. Four years later. Same chariot. Same chariots. Same but this time they had a they stopped in the park, not at the end on the beach. Oh. They stopped at the park and they had a big stage. Okay. And Prabhupada was up on the stage with the deities behind Dragon Subhan and all that. And he was dancing. And there's a fa it's famous film and pictures you've I'm sure you've seen it with all the different leaders yeah, yeah. were on the stage. Many different senior devotees were on the stage, all looking at Prabhupada and crying <laughs> <laughs> And and I was I was down in the crowd and, and I still remember it. It was like you could literally feel that Prabhupada just went is like throwing waves of ecstasy, and all the people were like, Whoosh. you could you could just feel it. He just, and if you look at the picture, you can see how he's, he's smiling like anything. He was throwing flowers, yeah, and uh, and the kirtan was just so ecstatic because he was there, and he was just giving mercy, giving ecstasy, like anything. To, so to like unforgettable experience for everybody, yeah, yes, yeah. for you. I mean, yeah. for. Thousands of people, hundreds of yeah. people that they were there. Yeah, it was it was like really spiritual energy just came from <laughs> came pouring out from mercy came pouring out from Prabhupada. Because you just look at all these young lost people, you know, no so far, far away from Vedic culture, from India, from and here they're all chanting Hare Krishna and Prabhupada just Want to distribute the mercy, the mercy like anything, yeah. It was amazing. Wonderful. And then the next time was in New York when Prabhupada was the last visit in 1976 in New York when they had they got the big temple. Yeah. And they had the first Rathiatra in New York. I was fortunately I was there. I was living at the temple. We had been on the Radha Damodar traveling Sankatan party and, and Tamakrishmaj and then one of our groups with a devotee, they, we stopped there and they kind of took over the New York temple there, the new new building, 13-story building, 13 story yeah, building which, anyway. It's amazing. Amazing, yeah. And Prabhupada came for that, that uh, Rathiatra and to see the new building. And there's a famous picture of him sitting on the roof, looking over New York. I mean, can you imagine, ten, we're talking about 10 years time from nothing, from living in the Bowery, and, and, then, and then a little tiny storefront, big like this. <laughs> and then there's a 13-story skyscraper, Amazing. and then he's looking out, smiling like anything. And, uh, <clears throat> big accomplishment for Prabhupada. Yeah, it was, it was Travel great. around the world and establishing this movement in a very short time. Yeah, in 10 years, and all of a sudden, in people. New York City, right in the smack of <clears throat> Manhattan, in the center of New York City, have such a Beautiful, beautiful temple, beautiful. huge temple, 13 stories. Yeah. Which is not a lot in New York, but it's yeah, 13 it stories is still, it's a big building. <laughs> but. Uh, so the Ratayatra was nice. Ratayatra was amazing. Yeah. And the body came from all over America? Yeah, all over America, all over? all over the East Coast for sure. And then some from other parts of America, but all over the East Coast, there was lots of devotees. And Jayananda, it was there? Jayananda, he organized it, yeah, built okay. the carts. Uh, with great difficulty because Jayananda already, already had leukemia. Yeah. See, leukemia. And, uh, but he still, he built a cart and when he couldn't walk, he was directing organizing, directing. And, but he walked the whole way. <coughs> he, you know, drove the cart, guided the cart the whole way down Fifth Avenue, which was like his glory. Prabhupada was 
so happy. I mean, from that to be walking on Fifth Avenue with the Rathiatra Festival with three big carts was like an incredible accomplishment. experience. Yeah, it was an incredible accomplishment. He was so happy. Did you have any uh, personal interaction with Jayananda Prabhu? Lots of, yeah. Okay, tell of. us something. Mm-hmm. Because he was, everybody I, I met say, I, I never met him, but he'd, everybody say he was a very special person. He was, uh, everyone knew that he was the most advanced devotee. Everyone was like an un, un, unspoken truth that everybody knew that he was on another level. <laughs> another level than everyone else. Yeah, he taught me how to drive. He, he took me out. His mother had the chariot? No, to drive a car. car. I didn't have a driving license yet. So he he took me out and we'd spend the whole day together. He was he we we got married in the same ceremony together. I was married before. Right. And we got married in the same ceremony, Jayananda and I. And then he started doing spiritual sky incense to maintain the temple. But he was never doing for himself anything. He he was always just totally dedicated. Totally dedicated, which and uh, <clears throat> his motto was, you know, just serve Srila serve Srila Prabhupada. Every service is equal. There's no discrimination. One service is better than another. So whatever whatever is the needful, whatever is the needful to do to push on Prabhupada's movement, Let's do it. he was ready to do it. He was ready to take the garbage out, he was ready to do the business to maintain the tempo, he was ready driving to go out on Hainam, <laughs> driving taxi, anything just to push on Prabhupada's movement. He was a very sweet person also. Very sweet person. Also, I heard the story like when he went for collection of, uh, for the Radhiyadra, he went to some big uh, uh, person, dealer with banana and stuff, yeah. where maybe mafia banana guys, job. and they say, don't, yeah. don't go with, with see this guy, that mafia. Yeah, he, melt, he just, would melt the heart of it. But everyone. he went and, and yeah. people became friends with him. They all became friends with him. Everyone loved him. Everybody was asking about him after. Where is Jai? Where, where is Jai? Uh, Johnny Nanda. They call <laughs> him Johnny Nanda. John, John. Johnny Nanda. John. Where is Johnny John? Nanda. And even a lady, there was a lady who was giving the permission in the office to give, of the, of the town hall to give yes. permission. She was not very friendly. She was kind of. And they went in the, after, the year after he left his body, they went in to ask permission again. And the lady immediately asked, you know, where is, where is he? Where's John? Where's John Nanda? Oh, he died. She started crying. crying immediately, spontaneously started crying. He touched the hearts of everyone he met. He, he, because he was such a humble, genuine, yes. loving, spiritual personality that you couldn't help it. He had zero, and if any, if anyone started talking bad about some other devotee, he would immediately leave, walk away. He would never stay around and hear anything bad about any devotee. He had all Vaishnava qualities. Amazing. For me, he's like, he was like the best, perfect example of... Mm. And sometimes devotees would compare him to Haridas Thakur because Haridas Thakur couldn't bear to humble. The, the humble, but also the... It's actually the first devotee I saw because when I walked in the storefront mm-hmm. before moving, when I was deciding to move in, he was there all alone in the temple room, sitting in front of the asa and talking to Prabhupada. Prabhupada wasn't there physically, but he was, he was praying, he was praying out loud, Prabhupada, please remove these desires from my heart and you know, purify me. He was praying like that, enchanting really intensely. I mean, it was really intense devotee. 
very touching. Very, very, very amazing, amazing. amazing. I'm very fortunate that I had this association. Yeah, amazing. He's the example. Should be the example for all. But Haridas Thakur, because of the fact that Haridas Thakur wanted to leave before Lord Chaitanya, he's told Lord Chaitanya, I, yeah. I know you're going to leave pretty soon, and I, I couldn't bear your separation, so please let me, let me go be first. So I think that Jayananda, he left Same. just some months before Prabhupada left. He wouldn't have, all everything that happened after Prabhupada left, he wouldn't have, it would have been yeah, too much be able to tolerate. intolerable for him. So Krishna took him. Nice. But in, before he left, he was able to start the first route there to Los Angeles. Even with leukemia, he couldn't walk. He, he organized the first Los Angeles route there. He made many devotees also. Made many devotees. He was always preaching. Even in the hospital, he was said, "Send me some more back to God." There's magazines. He loved prasadam. He loved prasadam. He was big. He was like almost two meters high. He was, He's a very big, strong, powerful personality. Just totally, totally dedicated to serving Prabhupada's mission. Wonderful. Any other devotee that you remember left an impression in your in your spiritual life during these years? Of course, many devotees, I'm not saying. <laughs> but which one is the most, you know, feel like? Well, at that time, Madhavisa Prabhu was the president, and he was very... Everybody loved him. He was a very inspiring and uh, charismatic, charismatic and, and very caring devotee. I remember when he came back, there was some confusion. But Maharaj uh, was mentioning how all the sannyasis, they arrived in Japan. That's when uh, Madhavisa was one of them. Because some disciples had kind of changed the philosophy. They were influenced by, that was a long story. But, and uh, Madhavisa had gone there and he came back and he was crying and he said, Prabhupada said, we have to become more serious and we have to start following. We didn't have a morning program. When I joined, there was no morning program. We just got up, chanted rounds, and we went out on Harinam all day. But after that, that deviation and problem that happened, the Prabhupada established Angularity, Srimad Bhagavatam class, because the devotees weren't reading the books, they, they weren't reading the books, they didn't know the philosophy. That's why they were confused by what these right, right. deviant devotees were saying. Also, I think they interpret in a different way, because each one can read the book, but then, then mm -hmm. they can interpret it. But Prabhupada was there, so we could consult and say, okay, what do you mean by this? And then Prabhupada would say, no, this. Yeah, no, but there was one devotee, Rupanuga, he, oh, he yeah. actually he yeah, defeated yeah. them, their, their deviant yeah. philosophy, because he read the books, he was reading yes. the books, and then he said, no, Prabhupada says this, <laughs> what no, you're saying yeah, is not, not true. Like that. So Prabhupada installed a, an instituted a morning program, Good. At least, because already there was something on the East Coast. They were more Together. philosophical. <laughs> like that. The West Coast, we were just, just changing. <laughs> like uh, EP style? They were like more EP style? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. So tell us, okay, coming back to the present day, uh, like Italy preaching, how you see yourself in the future, how we can approach new people, how we can uh, influence uh, the, the youth. Because I know you are in Bologna, this is the biggest university in 
in Italy or in Italy, Europe. maybe in Europe. There's yeah, 80 ancient place, thousand-year-old university. Yeah, a lot of people from all over Italy, all over the world, come and study here. And I know you are uh, approaching a lot of youth. So how, how you feel like we can influence? I'm not saying people to join the temple again. Yeah. To begin adopting Krishna consciousness in their life. Yeah. What I what I was thinking was I, I took the inspiration from Kalakanta Prabhu, who's a devotee uh -huh. in uh, Gainesville in Florida. Okay. And he started the program. It was very very successful with the universities for with young people and uh, called the Krishna House. Right. <coughs> and part of his idea is to create that same atmosphere when Prabhupada first started. Very very friendly, very open. No, not too much. Structure, structure, yeah. spiritual program, but um, very friendly and uh, non-judgmental, flexible, uh, flexible, and encouraging. And, and, uh, and many, and since he's, he changed that whole atmosphere in the temple, many, many, many young people are coming and becoming devotees, even moving in the temple, yeah. and living in the temple here. We don't have an ashram, we don't have a place, but we have a couple, two apartments that we've turned into ashrams in a right. certain sense. That they have, we have students staying there, one for boys, one for girls. Nice. I didn't tell you that before, that, that we it's have okay. a boys ashram and a girls <coughs> ashram. Yes. But it's not like in the temple, they, you know, they do some little morning program, chant their rounds, and then they go and their Study studies. Their their studies. Yeah, they're all students, so they all go to the university. Nice. It's one girl that's working, but she's finished university. You know, she's I, I find is the dif difference between 1970, 1980, and the people of today, the youth of today. I mean, mm. we were maybe uh, disillusioned with society, mm. rebellious, trying to find alternative sources of knowledge. We were ready to... We already left our homes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, we were ready to. But nowadays people are different. As in yeah. youth, that with this information, technology, computer, internet, mm -hmm. it's totally different ball game. Oh, yeah. So how how you perceive them? How you? Yeah, you, you have to. You can't impose rules and regulations, or, uh, but but you have to by by being a devotee, by being friendly, by being down to earth, being with them. Right. And flexible, and uh, making friends with them, and not not telling them what to do, or right. or telling them to give up everything. Right. I, I, it's been quite a few years now that I've been telling. You know, when I, would, I used to live in another temple, Vicenza, Prabhupada, mm -hmm. and we had, we had a similar program at the university, and we had some students come, and then they say, "Yeah, we want to go. We want to give up." Oh. And then we said, "No, no, no. I tell them just finish your studies." Yeah. And. Uh, I remember this one boy, he, he got a doctorate in, in astronomy and physics, became a doctorate in physics and astronomy. And now he's a good devotee. He's been devoted for nice. 25 years now, is married, has a child, and uh, has a business. So it's like we are to redirect our, our preaching strategy into different mode. Yeah, and then it's just, not like it's not like before. Okay, we go in now, and we distribute books, and people want to join and just come and we make yeah, they don't come so easily like that. We, no, we here we have a we have a once a week we have a program right in the university. It's right, right in a place which is that all the young people know. It's right in the center of the city. It's at a 
cinema house. We have a, a room in the downstairs in the in the same building. And you just have to tell them the name of the place that everyone knows it. Yeah, and they'll come. We have a meditation course, and because students are completely stressed, yeah. stressed out, so they're attracted. It's free, and um, they, they come. They come. They we make friends. <coughs> you know, everyone tells their name and who they are, and then and then they have a little pranayam meditation mm -hmm. like that and then a uh, little bit of philosophy 15 20 minutes of explaining simple like philosophy concepts. concepts and then chanting nice. and chanting they like they like kirtan they like, they like chanting yes. yeah they like chanting and, and then, then prasadam some prasadam we should make more prasadam yeah. <laughs> and then if they people we get a lot come of people back. like that and if they start to come regularly then we invite them to our, our center Preaching center, nice, and uh, second level, nice. and then the, then there's a Bhagavad Gita program on third level. People really becoming devotees, but becoming devotees in the sense that they're taking up the process. And then we right. try to invite them to visit different the different temples and festivals, especially festivals. And, and we're, we're, at the end of this month, we'll be having a retreat, mostly for students, mostly young nice. people. Where we just so basically, we're telling people do whatever you're doing. Just put Krishna in the center, chant, chant, Krishna. chant Hare Krishna, take prasada, yeah. change your direction of your life, but yeah. do whatever you need do to do. Which, study work. Because we, we've seen that all these young people that moved in the temple when they were 35 and they had to get married. Yeah, and then they have no way it. to maintain themselves. And they don't know what to do. It's a, it's a mess. Whereas nice. if they can finish their education and they're and established in society but they can become devotees. They may not do such big thing but they'll but they maintain their own they'll go for their whole life. They'll, That's they'll good. carry That's good. on for their whole life. Right. And they can do they can do something. <coughs> Excuse me. Telling their friends and, yeah, and uh, they can introduce to other people. Well, we're also distributing books. We <coughs> encourage them. We do we do high nams. Nice. But mostly we go and there's a park here in Bologna where many, many students go. On Sunday, on Sundays, if it's warm day, <coughs> it's full of people students. come. So we sit down on the rug and, and chant. Nice. And uh, give out some prasadam with uh, invitations. And we've had a number of times that many young people come and start chanting. Kirtan, <coughs> kirtan chanting is the main thing. That's the main attraction. Chant. Wonderful. Is there any message you like to give to people who are listening to Radio Mayapur? My in conclusion, what <laughs> <laughs> <But> you? <coughs> I'm sorry, I cough. Chant and be happy. <laughs> Chant Hare Krishna, and you'll become happy. Chant Hare Krishna. Whatever your situation may be, wherever you are, wherever uh, your life program is, <laughs> whatever work you may be doing, add chanting Hare Krishna, and uh, everything will become. Happy and nice. Thank you so much for uh, giving us this uh, podcast today. We'd like to thank you for taking nice, uh, giving us a nice view of the preaching here in Italy. And I hope you'll be able to come to Mayapur and visit us. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, for it's a great pleasure. engaging me. <laughs> thank you so much. Jai. 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 Jai.
You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Radio Mayapur. 